welcome to Pastor Cares, your daily podcast for faith, wisdom, and encouragement. The topics may vary, but the love will remain the same. Welcome again to another PastorCares.org. Glad to have you with us today. I guess you kind of know how I'm feeling today as we're ready to have this conversation. 16 tons, and what do you get? I've been sitting here watching the news and thinking about what's going on in the world today, realizing and hearing that the President of the United States is taking corporate interest over human life. Well, if you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men did, and a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other one of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons. What do you get? You get Governors are saying that we need to close the country. Churches are sacrificing and having worship online. People are self-quarantined and staying in, trying to keep this thing under control. And our government is pushing for quick change. Well, let's pray, because I know that the Lord will deliver us from systems of oppression and systems that hurt the poor. Are always systems that God keeps his eye on. For we certainly know that the Lord cares about his own. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your peace, your joy. Thank you, God, that you continue to be with us throughout all of the tragedies and the situations of life. We know, Lord, that there is no problem too big for you. And so we thank you, God, for your divine love and your your countenance that is laid upon us. We ask that you continue to let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us that we might follow after you and be safe in the safety zone of your precious and wonderful care. We thank you, we praise you in the precious, the great, the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So the nation has been cut, closed down. Largely many states and cities have instructed citizens to stay in while the president is very quick to want to open the country 
In fact, the words that are coming out of his mouth are words that uh, seem very much like words that come from the slave master's mouth. That is, words that continue to say they need to go back to work. Irregardless of health concerns, irregardless of public safety and health, he's saying they need to go back to work. It seems very oppressive and it seems like the voice of a slave master, one who cannot even bear to think that profits will be hurt because the slaves are outside of the field. It's very hurtful and it's damaging toward not only those who come through the oppressive system of slavery and who now find themselves at the um, sad end of slavery, and that is the African-American who rests within this country and finds heritage in that impoverishing system of slavery and Jim Crow laws. Unfortunately, many of the poor who are of other nationalities don't understand that they also live within the slave class. And so here's one who continues to say, send them back to the fields. And because there is a division between races, there are some who don't realize when they've been called to the fields. They don't realize when their health, when their livelihood is at stake in terms of their physical person. Money will always be there uh, when corporations and restaurants and such open back up. But your health, you only have that one time. Is it really worth one's health? Is it really worth one's physical being uh, to answer to the slave master who says, send them back to work? It's quite sad. Nevertheless, if you read your Bible and you follow the pattern of God, then you realize that this isn't the first time that oppressors have uh, continued to demand the labor of those who are struggling and those who are impoverished, those who are in the uh, slave tradition and the slave mentality will always call for the workers to remain in the field. We can look at Exodus as God delivers the children of Israel from Egypt and see a clear pattern. I wish I had time to read many chapters to you, but I think you can get the point just from the first verse of several chapters. Now you think, go to, open your Bible, get, I'll give you a little time, get your Bible out. Maybe you already have it out, but some of you probably just thought we'd have a general conversation. Get your Bible out. I've got a few things I want to show you. Exodus chapter 1 verse 1 here's what it says 
Now these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. And so you see chapter one is going to give us kind of the, the outset or give us the prologue. And we see who God is focused on. God is focused on the ones who've come into Egypt. Every single man, every single household, God knows us. So we can always realize that God keeps track of his own. That's sometimes where people think that God has lost sight, but no, God never lose sight of his own. There is always uh, a, uh, a location upon God's own and God keeps an eye on us. If the Lord watches the little sparrow, then what do you think God does for his own? Then look at chapter two, verse one. Here's chapter two, verse one. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And so the first chapter, first verse gives us a picture and tells us about the people. The people have entered Egypt. Egypt is going to be an oppressive place. And now in chapter two, verse one, we hone in on one man, uh, one family, and that's where leadership is going to come from. So God always has an eye on his people, but then God always has a plan for leadership. But then look at chapter three, verse one. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And so God has an eye on his people. God has a plan for leadership that's deeply rooted. You see, we see the father, the family, and then in chapter three, now we see the man and we can realize again, God has a plan. He is uh, quietly behind the scenes on the backside of the mountain, training up leadership. So we don't always realize and see God's plan while yet God is still working. Then look at chapter four, verse one. And Moses answered and said, so now God is speaking. Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And so now God is calling Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh, to speak truth to power. And we see that Moses can't see the plan of God. Now you understand. I know you see that already. The fact is oftentimes God's plan we can't see. People will think it's crazy, and yet God still has a plan. Chapter 5, verse 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Now that's 5-1. Now, now look how long this plan is going to take, because a lot of times we think things ought to happen overnight. But that's 5-1, uh, 6-1, it happens again. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And so you see there's still movement. So 5-1, uh, there's movement. Let my people go. 6-1, there's movement. He shall let them go. So there's still movement on the plan, even though the plan has not fully manifested its conclusion. Chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. And then let's go to verse 2. 
thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his hand. So once again, we get to, to the first part of chapter 7, and again, there's still movement. Y'all have got to go. In fact, he's now set up not only uh, Moses, but he's got Aaron to back him up. And so again, there's, there's a plan, and not only is there a plan, there's a fortified plan. He's got two people working on the same plan. Chapter 8, verse 1, plan still in play. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. So once again, we still have that movement. So this movement is still going on. It's not one of these things that's quick. It's not it's not fast. There's a whole lot of things going on in between. If you go back and read, you'll see that God is, is bringing uh, order into the land by, by, by showing his hand upon the Egyptians and really uh, bringing power through these plagues. And so every time God comes back, look at 9-1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, thus saith the Lord God of the heavens, let my people go that they may serve me. That's, that's chapter 9, verse 1. So see, trying to hold God's people hostage and keep sending them back to the fields, it doesn't work that way. You can't uh, continue to make uh, people uh, go uh, to, the, to the factories and make the brick without the straw. Look at 10.1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these my signs before him. Verse 2. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and in the ears of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Let me tell you, you still see that he's going to have to let them go. God uh, works in, in a way whereby you can uh, go to the wrong side long enough that God will push you and allow you to stay where you are, keep your mind where you are, while still allowing his people to go. Pharaoh will not be able to enjoy the blessings of God because he's against the movement of God. But then notice that this is a time where he says, people are gonna be talking about this from, gen from generation to generation, from sons to sons. There's certain events that happen that are so monumental that people will never stop talking about it. It'll go into the history books. Now you think about where we are in our life right now. Uh, th this is going to go in the history books. It's going to go in the history book number one that we, uh, as uh, somehow or another, allowed foreign countries and entities and, and something strange to bring forward a leader uh, that is inapt to lead the country, a godless kind of person that continues to uh, bring forth oppressive policy in the interest of money and corporate greed. And then on top of that, uh, we find ourselves where the people seem almost powerless. Uh, impeachment happened and we still have someone who's leading our country who is not in the best interest of the country. In fact, is against the principles and the ways of God in his treatment of his poor, in the treatment of foreigners and strangers, when God says not only should we love one another, but clearly tells us to love our neighbors, ourselves. Mexico is our, our close neighbor. And then on top of that, God tells us that we uh, must feed the hungry, 
give relief to the thirsty, clothe the naked, but then to take in the stranger, which in the text means the foreigner, the way we treat them. We've been uh, we've allowed uh, this person to lead the country in a way that is against the principles of God. And so then when you look at his uh, Exodus 11, 1, uh, and again, people are going to be talking about this for a long time. They're going to be talking about who we had as a leader. They're going to be talking about a pandemic, a global pandemic that had its greatest outbreak in the United States of America. We're just getting started, people. We're just getting started. God said, uh, let my people go. God will always come to the rescue of the poor. Look at 11, 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, yet will I bring one more plague or one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt afterward. He will let you go. Hence, he will let you go. Hence, when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out. Hence, altogether. And so once again, God says, look, one, I got one more. So I, I'm saying to you, sometimes we have to just maintain our patience and just let God work. Because again, uh, this isn't an instant kind of thing. This is something that took time. It took patience. And so uh, by the time we get to 12, and I think that it's interesting that this is, is chapter 12, because chapter 12 give, gives us, in a sense, a full cycle of what we call a year, 12 months. Uh, that's just interesting to me, not necessarily uh, something that I would say uh, is concrete in, in the divine, but it's just interesting that by, by chapter 12, uh, 12, 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And so their deliverance becomes uh, a celebration, which we now celebrate and remember as Passover, as uh, as the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as Holy Week. And then it leads into the Passion or it leads from the Passion into the Resurrection. As we now celebrate this, realizing that Christ is the lamb that, that we celebrate that is spoken of in chapter 12, verse 3. And we now understand that we've been saved through the blood of, of the lamb, and that lamb is Jesus. And so, but you can see, and as you piece all these things together, that this is an interesting time. We're leading into resurrection uh, celebration to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We're leading into Holy Week, leading into to passion, to... to uh, to Passover and all of these things. We're leading there and we have similar kinds of things happening in our country today that we could almost pull straight out of the pages of Exodus. Uh, uh, Pharaoh was on this seesaw. Y'all can go. No, you can't. Y'all can go. No, you can't. Uh, we have a president who's on the seesaw. Uh, let the scientists, let the doctors speak. No, you can't. Uh, let people go home and, and do, no, you can't. And just back and forth. And we see those same type of elements. And I believe that the hand of God is moving in our country. I also believe that it is a time of prayer and meditation. It's a time of deep Bible study. Uh, and contemplation to realize the system, the oppressive system that we are in and to learn how to be compelling to both neighbor and friend to, to spread the gospel. Because yes, there is a problem. There is a, a tension, but there is also a solution. And that solution is God. 
And so we, as the people of God, the remnant, we must point our brothers, our sisters that we work with, brothers and sisters in our family, we must point them toward Jesus. We must point them toward God and allow them to realize that there is good news and that God's people will not uh, remain in captivity, but God will deliver us and will bless us. Those things that the wicked have laid up, let me tell you, they're laid up for the righteous. A time shall come when we shall uh, look to God and realize that the power of God has delivered us. And so I'm telling you now, as you look, it's, it's very sad to think that even now that Congress would have one congressperson who wants to hold up aid for the country. And even still, that's not the greatest of aid for the poor. It's even greater aid for, for companies, but it's going to give the poor something. Uh, you think about the fact that uh, this country just re recently, uh, last year in 2019, we celebrated uh, the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, and here we are today still struggling with some of these same things. They ask uh, uh, to have a, a panel of people just to study, a commission to study the idea of reparations and what the country might owe those who were enslaved and, and beat killed, maimed, and, and all other sorts of atrocities, raped and such. And then to still be uh, almost uh, pushed into abject poverty and no answer to that, no apology or anything. To have the head of the Senate to stand uh, before the media and say, I don't think that reparations are necessary. Uh, we gave them Barack Obama. We gave them a black president. I think it's insulting. And oftentimes uh, one feels powerless. Uh, but I tell you that today as you watch and you see uh, deliverance is on the way where people said that they would not give reparations. Well, what is a $1,200 check coming to everybody's house? Before you know it, those checks might be coming uh, more regularly. You know, the Lord can do whatever God wants to do if we just trust God and humble ourselves before him. Uh, you know, God can send a check in, in, in the mail from the government every month if God wants to. Uh, some of these companies, they're going to fail. And let me tell you, some of those stocks that I talked about last week, uh, that, that, that's just stuff that the wicked has laid up for the righteous. And when you get your check, like I said, take part of that check and buy some of these companies. Uh, because, see, uh, labor, let's be honest, labor unions have gone in this country. And if the labor unions are gone, you know what we have to do? We have to buy the companies ourselves. It doesn't, it's okay to go to work, but you, but you need to own part of the company. And when you own part of the company, then you can go to the shareholders meeting and you can demand certain things for yourselves as, as uh, workers. If you work for McDonald's or if you work for uh, Walmart, if you work for Nationwide, for Borden uh, International, Wendy's, whatever company you work for, uh, you have the opportunity to buy any company that's publicly share, uh, uh, traded, buy some of the shares and then uh, get some other friends that work in your job to buy some of the shares. And before you know it, the, the company will be just like Post Serial. It'll be uh, uh, owner owned by the uh, employees, employee owned. And then that way you have some say over the way you're treated. Again, God is opening the door. And we got to be ready to walk through the door. Let me tell you, uh, the, the, the children of Israel had to get their stuff. Remember, I, I talked about that last week. They had to gather up all their stuff and uh, get ready. They had to pack up 
and be ready to walk through the door. Let me tell you, be in the position. Uh, don't just take this time to sit around and play Scrabble and eat chicken wings. Take this time to develop a master plan before God. Look, uh, look to God in prayer. Look to God in study. And uh, write down some plans. Write a plan. Look at, look at, look to God for a vision. Write that plan down for your life, and write that that purpose down that God has sanctioned in your life. And work on that while you got this time off. Who knows how long you're gonna be home? Don't 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 just sit and become a vegetable and and watch all Netflix. Now that's a good thing too, because you gotta relieve your mind. You gotta uh, make sure that you don't go stir crazy. But at the same time, develop a plan, an exit strategy for when this thing is all over with. What are you going to be? This is your time to come up. This is your time uh, to do something different and do something new. God has set the reset button button for the whole world. This is this this has not happened in our lifetime whereby God has set the whole world on its edge. And so I'm looking to God for some change. I'm looking to God for deliverance. I'm looking to God to get beyond uh, this uh, oppressive system. Uh, we need to start to uh, uh, putting ourselves in positions where we're the head and not the tail, positions whereby we own properties and where we own our stuff. Part of what the problem is, we're not willing to, to crawl before we walk. We need to start looking at some of the properties that we can afford, the stuff that is still left, uh, because you see corporations have quickly come in and bought our neighborhoods and gentrified them. But this is a wonderful time to be able to go and get what's left because right now everything is down at its knees. The corporations have lost so much money, it's pitiful. Believe it or not, you probably have more money than some of the rich people have because you've been stacking stuff in the, in the mattress and you had about two, three, four hundred dollars in your pocket because it was just uh, finished with income tax time and whatnot. Uh, so therefore, you might be doing better off than some of them who have lost millions of dollars because of this uh, uh, world issue. And so again, my brothers and my sisters, God is moving and God is moving on our behalf. You need not worry or struggle with your thoughts, but rejoice in the presence of God, realizing that we're at a time when we can uh, uh, follow God straight to the cross straight to the grave and straight to the power of resurrection. We've known and we know God in the power of, uh, uh, in the fellowship of suffering. And now uh, God is coming to bring us one of the greatest uh, resurrection Sundays we've ever seen, a wonderful uh, Easter as our president calls it. Said he wanted to open the country by Easter so the churches can be filled. Well, my friend and my friends, I believe that the churches, the buildings are gonna be empty. But the church is going to be full, 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 because they're going to be uh, churches all over the world in houses where people are praying and reading their scripture and celebrating the resurrection of Christ without pomp and circumstance, without some form of godliness, but truly uh, connected to the Holy Spirit with flaming tongues of fire as the Holy Spirit is, is seen. I, I can imagine it like this, just in the, in the prophetic, uh, just talking to God, the way that I can see it, if I could explain it to you, is to imagine if you could see the whole globe and you can see little houses all over the globe and you could see almost like smoke is coming out of the chimneys of all the houses, but instead of smoke, it's just the presence of the Holy Spirit resting on the people of God, not in some church where everybody's gathered together in mega kinds of ways, but in very small ways as God's voice speaks 
uh, so powerfully in the collection of people to bring the family back together. See, this thing started with family. Oh, yeah, it started with family. Let me show you. Uh, God saw that Adam was, was lonely and, and he brought Eve in there. And so therefore you had family. Then they were able to have kids. They had Cain and Abel, family. And, and then to rescue all of us, what did he do? He could have just snapped his fingers and saved us all. Snapped his fingers and Jesus could have just appeared. But no, it started with the family. Uh, Joseph and Mary, Jesus, family. He brought the family together and they came on up through Bethlehem. You know what I'm talking about? Come on now, y'all. Y'all know that God uses the family. And so now you're watching as families had to go back home. Mama and daddy having to cook breakfast now and kids are at home. Single parents are having to be home and they're seeing their kids and they're they, they taking in little puppies and, and they're having family time again and the kids are uh, out of school and maybe they're not getting the greatest education but they're getting a great amount of attention right now and so I would say to you don't get uh, don't get bothered or don't get too uh, emotional because your kids are home or grandkids are around take this and, and realize this is an exciting time that God has given us an opportunity to share with family again and to come up with master plans and to, to do something very new. Let me tell you something. The country didn't give you a reparation, but for those of us who are of African-American heritage, let me tell you, God just gave us reparations. He's given us several weeks off to study ourselves and to come up with a plan. He's given us weeks off to, to develop ideas and to nurture our family. And so this is a great time. Uh, to look to God and not to man. This guy thinks he's going to open the country. Mm. Let me tell you something. I believe that come Holy Week, he's going to find out that Pharaoh saw some plagues. And I believe this brother's getting ready to see some plagues of his very own. He's going to realize that this thing is out of his control. Uh, and I've noticed that they come on that talking about going to church. How about somebody asking for prayer and nobody prayed yet? They got the microphone. Hey, brother, you got the microphone. You want to start some church? You want to fill up a, a, a church on Easter? Uh, look like to me you need to start prayer meeting right now. Uh, and so, again, uh, as I look at this situation, I see the hand of God. I feel so bad for those who are, are caught in the tragedy of this all. Uh, at the uh, yet, I do realize that uh, our prayers will continue to comfort families, and this is an opportunity for us to serve and to help our brothers and sisters through these times as we can see uh, such sadness in so many. And yet, not only uh, the man at the uh, who is the president needs to turn to God. Let's be honest, the country needs to turn to God. We've been doing all kinds of things and that we're big and bad enough to do and sanctioning all kinds of, of, of sad kinds of things that are against God. And I tell you, it is time for us to turn from our wicked ways. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb. We need to turn from our wicked ways and look to God. Look to the God who has saved us and loved us and cared for us and directed us in the right way. Mm, mm, mm. Because I tell you, if we just turn to God, God is quick to forgive and he will heal our land. But we've got to turn. Hallelujah for the land.
guess you know that the Lord is going to continue to lead us on and protect us all through this situation. Well, my dear friends, I tell you, I pray that we're helpful and that we have been motivating and uh, encouraging through this uh, time of self-quarantine for many as you haven't been able to get out. At least we've had these conversations to spark thought and attention. Uh, I've never felt like I've uh, been a prophet, yet I can feel the prophetic power of God just speaking uh, in this season. And it's, it's amazing to, to know that God is working and moving and that we have an opportunity to be a part of God's movement. That is so exciting. It just brings a hallelujah and praise to my soul to know that God, uh, just as he did in Exodus 1, he knows us, he sees us and knows exactly our position and knows how to get us through the struggle. It may not happen overnight, but I can tell you that God will, God shall deliver his own. Well, friends, I am not completely certain how long uh, we will be on quarantine and how long these broadcasts will happen. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, there are some things that we are going to have to do in order to make our broadcast a little better here. Uh, as you might have noticed, as you've listened, at times when the volume uh, kind of gets uh, odd, it goes up or down, or sometimes the the background may get louder and those kinds of things. Well, that's because we don't really have the the correct equipment for all of this. Uh, uh, this is uh, something that uh, we had to move in an emergency to put everything together so that we could talk to you uh, on a daily basis. Uh, in terms of that, we've had to uh, consider some equipment. I'm not completely sure how much better the equipment uh, will help. I know that it should help us some, and I only say that and preface that because uh, uh, broadcasting is not my uh, my uh, expertise and not my background, and these are things that I've had to learn very quickly, trying to get the levels right, the gain, and making sure that uh, I learn different things about uh, uh, normalization and, uh, and all of this. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, technical things here uh, that uh, I'm not quite sure I understand all of it. So we're doing good to get any broadcast out. Nevertheless, uh, there are a couple of things that we're going to need some equipment we're going to need. We're going to definitely need a microphone because uh, the way that we're recording now is uh, somewhat primitive in the technology world. Uh, the way that this uh, broadcast is coming to you is by using a, a laptop and a cell phone and uh, some earbuds and they're kind of rigged together uh, to put this uh, broadcast on air. And so we're going to have to order some uh, some uh, equipment, uh, uh, microphones, some decent headphones, and some software and such. And there is a cost to that, my friends. Uh, I'm not asking you to do anything at this particular point, but uh, in the weeks to come or in the days to come, uh, we will make some type of announcement. And you'll see uh, on this particular uh, page, I'll tell you how to get there, where you might be able to contribute if you so choose so that we can get some better equipment to, to uh, do the, the work that we're doing. And so we hope that this is helping you and, and uh, we hope that it's helpful uh, for you. Again, stay in your word, keep 
prayerful and mindful through meditation as you realize that God is moving. Don't become too frustrated in, in your quarantine. Uh, make sure that you don't sit too long. Get up every so often and, and get you a little walk around the house, maybe uh, some stretches and so on and so forth. Make sure you drink plenty of water. Stay healthy while you're inside. Don't just uh, turn into mush. You know, we've got to uh, stay strong for the movement and for the work that God has for us to do. You know, the children of Israel, they uh, had a journey ahead. You know, the Red Sea was before them. They had to cross that. They they had much land to cross and to get to the promised land. And so keep yourself fit. Get straight because there's a journey ahead. We've got to be strong uh, for the things and the days that are to come so that we might be able and be ready when the door opens to uh, keep on keeping on and uh, realize that God has strengthened and empowered us uh, to walk forward into a bright, wonderful future uh, as God continues to forecast nothing but joy for his own. I tell you, it is a wonderful day to be alive and know the Lord and to not panic and not become anxious over these times, not to uh, cause one's self too much stress, to walk in God's love and peace, to have joy in the midst of struggle, to have the laughter of God even in times of lack realizing that our God loves the least and the lost, that we uh, were given the great gift of Jesus while we were yet sinners. He died for us. That tells you how much God truly, truly loves his own. Maybe you felt like you've been making brick without straw, and yet you realize that God sees you. God hears you. God hears our faintest cry. God knows us and cares for us. And so the oppressor must release God's people. Let my people go. Corporations of America, let my people go. Government, let my people go. Greed, let my people go. The mentality that we need to go back to the fields as quickly as possible, let my people go. Let my people go from plantations all across the world. Let my people go from Pakistan where they're held in poverty and slavery for small loans and small amounts of money as if their lives are worthless. Let my people go, those who are living in Hong Kong where the Chinese government oppressively take and trying to take over their government and beating them in the streets, their Christmas filled with tear grass. Let my people go at the southern border of America where 
immigrants are struggling to get into the country as they flee the drug cartels of Central America. Let my people go as children are separated from families at the border. Let my people go as hospitals are overcrowded while government stands almost still to the needs of professionals and workers. Let my people go as they look toward the corporate bottom line in the markets as they plummet and fall, as they stand helpless and powerless. Let my people go. Let my people go in food insecure communities where hardly is found a decent vegetable or fruit. Let my people go as children are being miseducated that are below a, a certain amount of money that they live below the poverty line. Let my people go. Let my people go in a system that does not want to give health care to its uh, to the least of its citizens. Let my people go there, whereby corporations and companies don't want to give the lowest and the least a fixed schedule so they can at least attend to their families and children. Let my people go. Let my people go, Mr. Man. Let my people go, Miss Lady. Let my people go, because God will allow his powerful hand to release the people. Let my people go. Thank you, Lord. sign off again for this day thanking God for all of the wonderful protection and provisions that we've been given leaving today with a great spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that we're protected in every season protected in our going in and our coming out protected in the field and in the house we're protected we're blessed in every season in the low time and the high time. And for that, we ought to be thankful. And when this is all over, <laughs> two wings that fly on away from here. Won't that be a time? Oh, I know you excited with me today. Because you know Jesus. The one who died for us was buried in a borrowed tomb but got up early one morning with all power in heaven and in earth no matter how they persecute no matter how you nailed to the cross or pinned in the grave there is yet a testimony of victory a shout for Jesus hallelujah for the Lamb
let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you. We praise you for your hand. We may not always understand it. We may not always know your ways. But Lord, we know that we love you. And all things will work together for our good. So we, in advance, just give you the praise, the thanks. Thanksgiving all belongs to you. You and you alone are worthy. You are our God, our King forever, our mighty fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. We thank you today, Lord. We thank you for your presence in our lives, for your divine voice that continues to speak comfort and renewal and revival to our soul, our heart, our mind. And so in your presence today, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you with great joy in our heart. We appreciate you for all that you do. In the precious, the great, the wonderful, the mighty, the magnificent name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. what we all need is we need Jesus just to walk with us. Well, my good friends, it is Friday, and I hope that you're having a fabulous Friday. God bless you. God keep you. Please come back and visit us again where the topics may change, but the love stays the same. PastorCares.org cares.com thank you for listening and inviting me into your life please take the time to subscribe the topics change but the love stays the same